I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles February Fanny, the podcast that this February pits two movies with something in common picked by fans of the show and puts them in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. And welcome to our annual anti-Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day special. This week in the red corner, she's an extraterrestrial with an appetite for sex and only a ragtag group of specialised anthropologists, psychics, and I think Michael Madsen is an actual alien hunter can stop her from 1995 it's species while in the blue corner another horny alien disguised as a hollywood actress as scarlett johansson literally says get in the van as she goes on a raunchy rampage round glasgow from 2013 it's under the skin a new sequence of dna friendly instructions on how to combine it with ours this growth is amazing the decision was made to terminate the experiment. He's breaking out! She escaped. We have a serious emergency on our hands. I want a team to track her. Hunt her down. So you live alone? Yes. I think I'm pretty. I know, Walter. Come to me. So it's a sexy symbiote smackdown this week, but which film will be victorious? Let's find out. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Hello, Clash Butters. I want a baby. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. 
And welcome to our continuing journey through listener-suggested clashes as we carry on through February, Fanny. And this week, it's our regular romance-inducing anti-Valentine's Day special as we make everyone in a relationship grateful. It's not as dark, weird or deadly as the ones in the films we discuss. So, Chris, who do we have to thank for our anti-Valentine's Day clash of 2023, Species versus Under the Skin? Alex, uh, this uh, request comes from Brett. Oh, he's mm. drinking a beer. Alex is in ha- Poland, by the what way. The <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Alex is beaming in from Poland. He didn't think I was going to throw to him, and he's drinking a massive beer. Are you serious? <laughs> that is naughty. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in a fancy hotel room. You haven't seen what's over there. They gave me a bottle of champagne, uh, like, for free. Just That's just not for... the... What, you don't have to drink it. What, are you an hour ahead? Is that what it is? <laughs> it is. I am, actually. It's 7.22 here. Oh. Oh, well then, well get tucked there. in. Don't let us stop you. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I didn't know it was BYO. We could have done this. <laughs> this is why I'm furious. Am I thirsty? Yes. This is going to uh, go unreal. badly wrong. This is going to go wrong. Anyway, who is it, Alex? It's, it's for, anyway, oh, look, he's doing uh, it again. It's Brett. A big, a it's big Brett. thank you to Brett Hirejack for this suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, it's Hirejack. Brett Hirejack. Brett Hirejack. I promised you I'd get your name right, and Brett. Thank you for this wonderful, wonderful suggestion. I, I, have, I have some words from Brett. Would you oh, like okay. his reasoning? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Um, he said, I know this might be too late for your Valentine episode, but I have just finished watching 2013's Under the Skin and was blown away by it. I then started thinking about other films with aliens seeking love, and I thought that 1995 Species would be a perfect comparison. Both feature a stunningly beautiful alien lead who are drawn to being close to a male companion who wants to procreate and the other wants to swallow them in some black goo. Both are trying to understand the male human race. Both get killed in the end by a man. Both use their femininity to achieve their goals. And both films are great. It'll be a battle of nostalgia versus critical acclaim. I always remember being a young adult thinking that I wouldn't be able to resist Natasha Hentridge's charms and a now 40-something person who would probably also be drinking black goo. Uh, Keep up the fabulous podcast. Regards, Brett Tyrak, like Tyrak or Shoerack. (laughs) (laughs) so uh, thank you Brett Hyrak and I think he's hit the nail on the head because I didn't think it was going to be when we walked into this anti-Valentine's Day special but it's a pretty close fight this week a lot closer than I thought at least from from where I am in Warsaw it looks pretty close (laughs) with a beer in my hand (laughs) Um, do you want the bad news though Uh, so the clue V gave on last week's show was um Oh, God, what was it? Men. Men. Which made everyone think it was a cannibal movies. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But obviously, that's only one clue. Chris, you followed that up on Twitter with? Oh, yeah, we had a fantastic video clue we shot in the pub, didn't we, Alex? (laughs) So was there no second clue? Is that what you're saying? I asked you to... You have the clue. I can't post a clue I don't possess. You filmed it on your phone. You didn't ask anyway. Let's I did ask change. you. He did. <laughs> I'm sorry to be that person. If you weren't drinking a beer, I'd shut my mouth. He did ask you. So <laughs> I don't know who looks worse. The fact that it's me drinking a beer while you are having to work in London or the fact that you are calling me out for the first time because I have beer. <laughs> Alex, post the, post the clue tonight. Vicky, what was the clue that people will have seen by now? I can't remember. It was a swear word. Oh, it was Star Wars. You're very keen on making me say that as many times no, as possible. No, it wasn't. It was fucking dead. Oh, yeah, sorry. Mm. Um, 
Okay, so we'll have posted that clue by now. So someone will have got it because the bad news was currently no one has it. But I'm joking? now, I'm, I, no one got it from mm, men. Mm, cannibal movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we'll get back on the timeline at some point because I'm slightly going insane with the time difference already. But anyway, the one hour uh, time difference. <laughs> Jesus Christ! How many beers has he had? How many beers? Well, it's 7.22 somewhere. Can we check that champagne? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, whoever won, uh, your prize is to get in the van. Right, it's (laughs) time. They can't win because we've already announced the shows because Thursday's episode's gone out. Oh, man, whatever. Look, what's the... (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't understand anything. (laughs) Let's do the connection section. <laughs> Aliens disguised as hot women. <laughs> Aliens shopping for clothes. Lady mm. aliens driving. <laughs> Sorry, that's made me laugh. Wanting, um, wanting or pretending to want dick. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, lady aliens watching TV and thinking TV's brilliant. I'm not uh, sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure under the skin does. Uh, are hunters becoming the hunted. Hmm. Mm. Very good. Mm. Uh, yeah. Aliens killed by fire. They both get killed by fire. Yep. I good. Uh, oh, yeah. Naked men dying in pools of liquid. Yes. Very good. Uh, babies dying. Okay. <laughs> no, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, aliens going to nightclubs and pulling. Yes. I love that no. bit where she mm. goes in her jumper. That's one of my favourite <laughs> scenes, if anything. <laughs> Uh, and, and finally, aliens using public transport. Mm. Shame we ended yep. on that one. But. <laughs> uh, oh, is that but, it? I'm, but I, yes, I, I, you've did yep, it. Well right. done. Did I mention the time difference? Right. <laughs> on Thursday, Chris will be getting under our skin, which means today I'm mad, son, about species. Let me take you on a journey. Ben Kingsley gets some alien DNA in the post and without knowing anything about it, decides to make a human alien baby thing. Well, wouldn't you know it, the thing can punch through glass. They didn't mention that in the instructions, did they, Ben? Anyway, the alien is named Sill, which stands for absolutely nothing because that would require writing. And obviously the writers were preoccupied with coming up for genius lines for Forrest Whitaker's psychic, who at one point walks into a room with a dead body in it and says, Something bad happened here. For real. He says that. Someone wrote that for a psychic. She didn't like being locked up like that. She didn't like being alone like that. Anyway, Syl's death sex rampage reaches its climax, ho ho ho, after she wants a baby. But she's not allowed a baby, so gets flamethrowered to death. But at least we got (laughs) Species 2 with a rat alien. No, wait. That didn't happen. The end. <laughs> Class butters, for your consideration, a species. Uh, so I'll start. Uh, based on that introduction, you might think I didn't like this movie uh, or I don't like this movie, but I love this movie. <laughs> I've watched it about five or six times. I get very excited every time I watch it. I don't know why I love this movie. I know why the teenage boy in me loved this movie. But There's a teenage it, boy in you. <laughs> it's, it's a very liberal country, Poland. Uh, <laughs> it's actually not, but carry on. <laughs> really? It really he, isn't. Yeah, get rid of it. They're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> they, there were two glasses with the champagne. So <laughs> there is a lot wrong with this movie, but it's a shit ton of fun. V, what's your story? 
Um, I saw it when I was like early 20s, I would have been hungover, and I absolutely love this film. And so you're saying you don't know why, and you're dancing over the obvious reason why, but let me walk you through why it hits a lot of like sort of pressure points for me. So high concept, but it clips along, yeah, but it's grounded in the real world. Oscar winning stars being really over the top, then actors from TV, actors who've broken through and are sort of taking their shot. And then the ridiculousness of an empath, love that. 90s gender politics, always worth the look at. <laughs> 90s fashion, 90s music, outrageous dialogue. And this has got it all. And I like, I, it's just it's just one of my favourite things. Did you say tits? I don't, the tits I, feel like I don't that's, even... No, it's quite a big deal. Yeah. Hmm. Would you like to know a little bit about the journey that brought this wonderful film to screen? Writer Dennis Feldman had the idea in 1987 after reading an Arthur C. Clarke article about how unlikely it was for aliens to reach Earth in a spaceship. So he had this original thought that they might make <clears throat> contact via information instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but even the word information is boring. But if you say sexy information, well, now you're talking. So with this sexy information, humans could build some, and I kid you not, it's called wetware. <laughs> uh, which is hardware or software applied to a biological life form. And wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. He's got his idea. He initially calls it the message. Terrible name. Sounds like a Nicholas Sparks adaptation. And this initial idea is nothing like what we got. Uh, it was about a scientist fired from his government lab creating an alien in his bath, and then it breaks loose, and he teams up with a cop to hunt it down. Uh, now, before anyone starts filling their bath with DNA and hoping Natasha Henstridge will climb out, uh, he himself says the idea had some credibility issues, so he made it inside the government instead. Uh, no one picked up the message uh, based on the treatment, uh, but undeterred, Feldman writes a script and retitles its species. Step forward, producer Frank Mancuso reads it, likes it. He's produced a number of slashes, Friday the 13th and April Fool's Day. But most importantly, he's got a nice line in sexy weirdness after producing the sexy weirdness that is Cool World. Oh, that's a sexy film. You know how I feel about cartoon characters. Right, Roger Donaldson, our old friend from the cocktail episode, signs on as director and we are off. <laughs> now all they need is a creature designed to blow people's minds. Step forward, the legend H.R. Geiger, the man responsible for cinema's greatest creature, the xenomorph. A what? A xenomorph. It's a bug hunt. So he designs Sill. After the movie comes out, Geiger lists a few problems that he has with the final creature design that he sees on screen that, in his words, make it too much like the xenomorph. So, first of all, Geiger says Sill's punching tongue, way too similar to the xenomorph. Geiger said that the fact the baby bursts from its chest, way too similar to the xenomorph. And this is my favourite. Geiger said that the fact it was designed by H.R. Geiger was way too similar <laughs> to the xenomorph. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, it was made by Steve Johnson, who, V, are you ready to find out what else Steve Johnson made? Go on. Steve Johnson, who created Sill that we see oh in Species. Go on. No, go on. Tell me. Just tell me. Tell me. No, just guess. You know. If I've brought you in, you know what it is. 
Is it the Snoop of Marshmallow Man? No, but you're on the right track. Was it Slimer? It was Slimer. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he also did Predator. Yeah, but he did... V's not like, ooh, Predator. She's like... <laughs> great impression. <laughs> he also designed Leviathan, Alex. Oh, my God. When that becomes available, we are doing it immediately. It hasn't been available for like t 10 years. And he's currently working on a film called The Invisible Raptor. So. Brilliant. Well, that's an easy design job. No? <laughs> 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 oh, very good. Very good. Uh, so um, it was a biggish hit. Only cost 35 million. Uh, made over 100 million, 115 million it made in the end. And launched a franchise, sort mm. of, which mm. we'll talk about at the end. Uh, any more for any more? No. Right. Let's get into this. Oh. Those titles. Love those titles. H.R. Geiger felt they reminded him of something, I'm sure. <laughs> no. Uh, you mentioned this, V. That cast. When you look mm. at that cast oh, now, Kingsley, Melina, Whitaker, Madsen, mm. Williams, Welker. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll do this now because I almost don't want to, I don't want to save up like bad-mouthing Welker a little bit because he's a god. I know he's a sure. god to us. He's a god to this pod. He's a god pod. But when Silly's giving birth at the end of this movie, those effects are the worst giving birth <laughs> alien effects that they could have picked for her. She sounds exactly like Stripe from Gremlins. It's <laughs> two Gremlins. Way how, how, too Gremlins. How does she sound, Al? <laughs> He's, he's, he's better than me. Look, it's Welker. <laughs> Even I can't do Welker. <laughs> uh, so, Kingsley is the wonderfully named Xavier Fitch and was straight in. SETI have had some information. And look, it's a little Michelle Williams in the Crystal Dome. Let's gas her. I know. <laughs> I love it. And you can see the script because he's watching and it's like that line of script, God damn it, better say, a single tear rolls down his cheek yeah. because extreme close-up, one tear. I love that. He can control his eyes. <laughs> they, can, they can tear up independently of each other. A single tear rolls down his cheek. That's how good he is. He's what, sad. Well, I mean, I guess when I watched it in whenever, 95, didn't really know who Michelle Williams was. Watching it this time, obviously she's been nominated for a bunch of Oscars. But I just kept thinking... Five. She Five. She does look yep. like a young Natasha Henstridge. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. A, it's really good. I mean, she doesn't grow up to look like her, but <laughs> that child face, it looks exactly the same. It's very good casting. Mm. Yeah, okay. I've never I've never spotted that, but I'll take I'll take your I'll take your word for that. Well, yeah. You should watch the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Kingsley knows gas will kill her. Didn't know she could punch through glass though. That's uh, <laughs> that's just a little bit. All right, and and then the men who were pumping the gas into the room die from the gas, even though they're wearing gas masks. <laughs> they do, don't they? It's so weird. <laughs> and they do and already, already we're like, okay, I think it's intentional to sort of go. Just so you know, the viewer, we're working at that level. This <laughs> yeah. movie, this movie's going to be fun, but dumb. Yes. So strap in. So she's off. She's out of there. She kills a leery homeless person. And we get our first glimpse of the alien inside in the first of these very cool dream sequences that I love, where she's thrashing about in that water. It's good. I don't know what it is. 
No, it doesn't seem to pay off, but no. I, it looks amazing. It's it's because she only happens when she's asleep, so it's her dreams of yeah, Syl yeah. being inside her. Yeah. Oh, I see. Right. That's all it is. But there's the good one where she's on the ghost train, a, <laughs> the Syl ghost train. I'm yeah. like, why Why someone hasn't built that ride? I don't know. <laughs> so Kingsley's worried his alien is on the loose. Some government dudes turn up and they're like, she got this far? And Kingsley's like, she's that fast. Sure, you know how fast she is. Didn't know she could punch through glass, though. <laughs> then they're like... I can't believe a little girl did all this. And Kingsley's like, she's not a little girl. Now it feels like you're overcompensating because you didn't know she could punch through glass. But enough child still. Uh, let's get get rid of that. She eats a banana, some chocolate mousse and cocoons. But, but, but she's still hungry. So she eats a nice train conductor too. She does. Yeah. It's fun watching her kill bad men. It's not fun watching her kill nice innocent women no and he only make this i think the script i think the script this is fucking amazing by the way but they don't explain it till later then they're like oh she had to cocoon and she she kills women if she feels under threat when you're watching it for the first time you're like oh that's a shame you think she's a nasty alien they feel it feels like there's less danger coming from this sweet train conductor than there is some of the women later or or, or it's a different kind of threat it's just Mm. sad yeah what we need though is a specialist team to track oh, I love her down. It. I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Madsen is Preston Lennox. Oh, great name. I'm <laughs> oh, just, oh. Honestly, oh, take the rest of the day off when you yeah. crack that one. What yeah, can he but, be? It's, sorry, I let, me give, it. let me give him his full name. Preston Press Lennox. I know. Oh. I love it. <laughs> uh, Apparently, in the novelization, uh, it's explained uh, what he does. He's a he's a mercenary who hunts down soldiers who've gone AWOL. That's his actual job, according to the novelization, which doesn't in the, explain in the fi- that. In the film, he's a freelance solution to the government's problems, mm. which right. I think I think tells you what you need to know. But while keeping it ambiguous, sure. But if if he hunted down soldiers who've gone AWOL, it doesn't explain the bit where he goes. No one asked me to find anything they didn't want dead. Yeah, yeah. no, we, we did, Preston. They're just AWOL. Why do they... Please don't, <laughs> don't murder them. Why don't, but so dead again? No, <laughs> no not dead. Um, Whitaker is an empath. Damn. Love it, love it. <laughs> Melina is an anthropologist. Stephen. And Mark Helgenberger is a molecular biologist. Laura. Laura Baker. Never make a character whose character's <laughs> name is so much more boring than your actor's name who's playing her. <laughs> uh, so we get some exposition. Uh, the sneaky aliens lured humankind in by first sending a message giving us infinite clean energy. Uh, then they sent a DNA code to mix with human DNA. Kingsley's like, we, we decided, decided to make it female so that it would be more docile and controllable. <laughs> yeah, Everyone think... rolls their eyes. <laughs> That's <laughs> just... not true. You <laughs> might as well say, I am going to die in this film. <laughs> you might as well say, I've never met Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I mean, look, I can tell that I'm not docile. That's true. Uh, I have uh, feminine are... ways, but I'm not docile. Or controllable. Or compliant. <laughs> Let's get into my big theme for this movie. Uh, and it's a character I, I'm, I, I'm genuinely fascinated by, but only watching it this time did I, I, I fall in love with the next level of brilliance that is Empath Dan, played yes, by Forrest Whitaker. I couldn't agree more. I, I, I have to, truly have to believe that one of our great actors 
no is in on the joke like he knows the joke that he's delivering let, let, I'll, I'll point out these lines sporadically throughout the show uh, first he watches uh, the video of child sill asleep and her eyelids are twitching and using his empath ability dan says <laughs> she's dreaming <laughs> <laughs> then he looks at Ben Kingsley in the video, getting upset as they gas Syl, and Dan's empath ability helps him say, it makes you feel bad. You had to kill her. <laughs> yep. This is this is the script for Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder. <laughs> uh. Does empath mean states the bleeding obvious? <laughs> or later on he functions as a GPS. She yeah. went that way. What? I, I thought you were an empath. <laughs> only, only when the script needs it, though, because yeah. other times where Sill's quite near to him and he has no idea. Yeah, and my favourite bit... We are jumping around because I love it so much when they're like, I just, we cannot recognise her face. It's like her face is just there on the CCTV for the whole movie. They're like, but she's quite blurred. No, she's very <laughs> clearly <laughs> recognisable. The, the, the Polaroid. It's like, oh, they didn't get a good Polaroid. They did. That You can see. That's her face. I've been watching her. You can't see her face in that Polaroid. You can uh, in the CCTV in the hotel lobby. They're like, oh, we wish this wasn't so blurry. It's not. <clears throat> Uh, okay, so uh, apparently uh, Forrest Whitaker's upped his game of stupid, so everyone wants a slice right now. Anthropologist Stephen throws in, while looking at a video of child still in human form, escape the pod. She's a predator. Her eyes are in front so she can judge the distance from her prey. Biologist Laura suddenly less interested in the fact they're watching an alien escape as to where Stephen gets these gems of knowledge from and says, where did you learn that from? <laughs> Stephen replies, I saw it on a nature documentary, at which point Preston goes, I saw that show too. Yeah. Where yeah, we're getting did off, they find we're, these people? We're, we're getting off track, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're a specialist team. <laughs> a specialist team who are getting their intel from watching the Discovery Channel and then talking about how they both... That's weird. I saw that show as well. You saw it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. We've, we're we're going to get this bitch soon. Uh, uh, anyway... Our team of experts have to find and kill Syl, and the stupid has only just started. Uh, empath Dan, as I said, walks into a train carriage with an alien cocoon and mm -hmm. a dead body and says out loud, something bad happened here. <laughs> yep. No <laughs> shit, Sherlock. Preston sees all the sweet wrappers and uh, the chocolate mousse and goes, she's not on a diet. <laughs> I hate that. That's, that's no pass for that. I don't know. <laughs> molecular biology. Molecular biology. Laura looks at a cocoon in the corner and says, it's a cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, they realise Syl is fully grown and she's on her way to, wait for it, LA, city of the future. Anything goes. Very little is taboo in this town. <laughs> which, is, which is how you describe LA in a hurry when you're hunting an alien. <laughs> But if you're a tall, blonde woman with good cheekbones, it's going to work. You are going to blend in. Yeah. yeah. But then I think they, I think someone, I don't know if the writer's got a grudge against the city of Los Angeles, but to be like, whatever she does won't be noticed. Really? <laughs> if she goes around in a cocoon at this point, she won't be noticed? Okay. That's not a negative, though. That's a positive about LA, I well, think. Well, yeah, of course. 
All those murders you did there back in the 80s. Oh, no, no. <laughs> when Ben Kingsley goes, just this is, which again, I have huge admiration for, but this is the a case of like a line winning over a, what a character should or would actually say and do. Oh, I know. And they're going on about LA and then Ben Kingsley's like, LA's where the battle's going to be fought. And it's like, that's not very professional. And one, <laughs> and one. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the battle, uh, okay. So our undercover team get put up in a very nice hotel, uh, which uh, they walk into single file, looking all kinds of suspicious. Uh, meanwhile, Syl looks phenomenal in her $100 wedding dress and fanny pack. You know, what <laughs> you, you know what's going to happen? $100 in 1995. It's oh time for Inflation Corner. Yes, I missed it again. Tell, do you know the numbers? It's a hundred. No, it's a. This is your job. I told you if a financial amount appears in a film, you do the maths. All right. A hundred dollars in 1995. Leave it with me. I'll get it in the break. Okay. But I really want it. Or don't. Okay. Um, I I do want to point out as well, there's there's been a dispute. Uh, Ryan Gilson has been in touch about the Van Helsing amount, the 2000 francs we discussed on last week's episode. uh, And we were told. Uh, by I believe it was Andy McDonald. I hope I'm not misquoting Andy here. He he said it was 45 million in today's money, 2,000 francs in 1888. Ryan Gilson says love inflation corner, but it was way off. 2,000 francs in 1888 was worth 80 pounds, which is now in today's money 13,500. A tidy sum, but nowhere near the 45 <laughs> million quoted on the show. Wow, I tell you what, the man makes a fair point. I don't know, I don't know, because... It's listen. almost like it's a shit thing to talk about. <laughs> no, no. All right, I will do my homework. Sorry, everyone. Uh, right then, let's take a break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, okay, so we actually get a very exciting sequence now. Oh, sort of. Uh, biologist Laura actually comes up with a good idea to grow another cell without the human DNA to see what the alien actually looks like without the human in it to see what they're up against. First smart thing one of them has done. Unfortunately, the camera breaks during the experiment <laughs> at the worst time. Get ready for my favourite exchange in the whole film and possibly in any film ever. Now... Just let me set a bit of backstory to this exchange because I've thought long and hard about it. And I think it's a pissed off lab assistant at the end of a long day who's just been asked to work overtime because some people want to grow an alien. That's the only explanation for when Michael Madsen says, do you have a replacement camera? And the assistant goes, we have a standby camera. (laughs) (laughs) What? is the fucking difference <laughs> what do you have a replacement camera no 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 we don't we got standby camera what's it standing by for to replace a camera that breaks <laughs> like this one i was, i couldn't believe it I, I just i was like do you have a replacement camera we have a standby <laughs> camera just why it doesn't why is it why tell me vicky it's a right why is that in the script why 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 is that there and there has to be a reason there must be a difference there must be a difference there just must be i mean in fairness i love this scene this whole thing what a mickey mouse operation this setup is are you joking Ben Kingsley loses his mind. He shouldn't be in charge of anything, let alone I think he's in charge of Seti or something. Like, all the camera's broken. You're like, ooh, that's intriguing. No, it's just a bad admin, bad admin. Your camera's broke. And then he drops a bolt. And then he's like, I'm going to burn you alive, but I'm not going to do it now. No, I am going to do it. And they're like, let him out. Just move him out of the way and push the button. The whole thing is a shambles. Bearing in mind there are at least several lines where someone goes, Michael Madsen, Preston Lennox, the coolest character (laughs) in this movie, has to at some point say, it's fallen through the grate. (laughs) (laughs) The the bolt's fallen through the grate. And someone goes, can can you lift up the grate? He's like, I can't. I can't lift up the grate to get the bolt that's fallen through the grate. Amazing. amazing. It's very Crystal Maze, for real Crystal Maze, though, like a group of colleagues that can barely stand each other and he's dropped it down the grate and they're like, Preston, just leave him in there. One of them has got to punch Ben Kingsley out when they come out as well. Yeah. Like, you don't just let him get away with that. Yeah, so so, so what happens is Ben Kingsley can't can't let them out, open the door when there's an alien loose in the room, and then empath Dan, Forrest Whitaker just does open the door and let them out <laughs> when there's an alien in the room and then they close the door again and, and then fine. burn the alien and nothing bad happens. Yeah. It's it's like what why what I it felt to me like Ben Kingsley wanted to watch them die. Yeah, that's what I I think he got as an actor he goes completely mad at this point but he must have thought as an actor What my character has done makes no sense. So the only way for me to get out of this with any sort of self-respect is to pretend that I've lost it and I just love murder. (laughs) Uh, Let's get back to Syl, though, Uh, because she's in a nightclub. Uh, She she murders a woman who gets in her way. Good on her. Uh, 
and then she meets Michael Bay lookalike Robbie, uh, <laughs> who is a wrong un. <laughs> she takes her jumper off before she propositions him. Yeah. It's a good look. Yeah, I mean, it gets his attention, doesn't it? I just, I have. You ever my... tried that? No, I haven't. Have I? Not, not intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> you did, you did once, but you got you, you got it stuck halfway over your head, <laughs> waving around. You, you were too far in to back out, so you sort of like <laughs> with only one eye poking over the neck. You were like, like right, like you. <laughs> Hiya. I, I, I was getting a nostalgia hit though from like 1995 nightclub. Yeah. At a time when I actually went to nightclub. Not that oh, looked yeah. like that. You didn't. Yeah, the Bill Walker in Croydon. <laughs> it was identical to that. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, so, uh, Robbie is disgusting, uh, but Syl's into him because he looks healthy, but he's a diabetic, and so he's not good enough for Syl, but she, she wants to back out, he won't let her, and so she punches her tongue to the back of his head, um, which actually won the 1996 MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. Great. Who says MTV yeah. don't have a sense of humour? Deservedly so. Mm. Uh, anyway, at this point, uh, Sill's stolen credit card has alerted the team. So uh, we now see their astute tracking skills uh, <laughs> where they just ask people where she went <laughs> and people tell them where she went and they still can't find her. <laughs> and they give her CCTV and you can see her perfectly. But that's why this film's amazing because you're watching these actors go, well, we just can't tell. <laughs> and you have to believe them. It's so brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Empath Dan is really reaching here. He goes, I'll find her. Then the motel guy goes, she went to that nightclub. The nightclub <laughs> bouncer goes, she went away with Robbie. This is Robbie's address. Uh, and like, <laughs> it's like they couldn't have any more information. Like they've got too much information. <laughs> Uh, so they get to Robbie's apartment and um, uh, apparently no one realised Empath Dan is of no use. Uh, so Ben Kingsley goes, where is she? And he says, I don't think she'll come back here with all these police cars outside. Fantastic. Great. Uh, not even trying to answer the question. It's like, not, not where is she not, Dan? Where is, where is she? She's not here. Fucking great, mate. So... Uh, Syl is still having sexy alien dreams. This time, I think she's playing with her boobs in this dream. I couldn't work it out. You but think? It's... <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, I watched I it mean, 40 I think, times. I don't know. Like, it looks a bit like that to me, but I've only seen it once, so I don't know. Uh, so she's involved in a hit and run. Um, but a nice rich guy, uh, Whip Hubley, uh, who was Hollywood in the original Top Gun, takes her to hospital. <laughs> Uh, now our team realised Syl is trying to reproduce. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is where this is where Empath Dan goes into overdrive. So anthropologist Stephen says her biological talk, clock must be in hyperdrive. Biologist Laura concurs, saying she's ready to reproduce. Empath Dan, who's standing next to her, goes, "She wants to have a baby." <laughs> Two people have just said that. <laughs> Two. It's like. It, it, it's, it's all, it feels like he's trying to justify his place on the team by just sort of going, yeah, 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 no, I, I said that as well. But I, <laughs> I was, you sort of jumped in, but I was just about to say she wants to have a baby. Uh, anyway, if she has a male baby, it will impregnate loads of females leading to humanity's extinction. It's big. The stakes have been raised, right? 
So Syl heals herself at the hospital. Um, and the, the doctor is so fascinated by this, the nurse has to tell him three times that a child burn victim just <laughs> came in before he'll walk away. Just a random child. <laughs> Did I say it was a child, Doctor? But she just healed. It's a child. Uh, so the Doctor, fortunately, calls in what he's seen, which is very useful because we are dealing with a team of idiots. Preston and Laura... Oh, my God. Preston and Laura go to investigate. Empath Dan sits in the car Syl was driving that has run out of petrol and offers this... She walked. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she walked. Mm. I mean... He should have got the Oscar for this, shouldn't he? Really? <laughs> <laughs> but the rich guy is trying it on with Syl. I've got I some tell fruit you what, and does, cheese. Yeah, does that work? Does, does bringing out a plate of fruit and cheese and asking to take a selfie... Bad. Yes. <laughs> run for is, that a, is that a turn on? Run, run, run. And also, I feel very strongly about hot tubs. I think they're disgusting. So if anyone's got a hot tub, fruit and cheese, yes, I'm very into that. Big bottle of wine, whatever. Polaroid, no, absolutely not. But it's the hot tub. Like, that is, it's not clean ever. So, no, run away. Why do you hate hot tubs so much? I'll tell you why I hate hot tubs, Alex. I think they're sex ponds. Um, and six I, ponds? A sex pond? <laughs> yeah, I do think that. <laughs> Isn't that a Tom Jones song? <laughs> <laughs> I think anyone that's got a hot tub is saying to you, I have sex in this, and I find that upsetting. And this was confirmed for me the other day because I was looking for an Airbnb to have a relaxing family break in during the summer, and one of the properties I was looking at had a hot tub, and I was like, yuck, absolutely not. But they were so proud of their hot tub, they'd put up a photograph of a sign that they have hanging on the door towards the hot tub. Bear in mind, this is advertised as a family-friendly accommodation. And it says, what, hap bleh, what happens in the hot tub stays in the hot tub. Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I, just yeah. don't, I don't like it. They're for sex. That's fine. They're for sex. But stop pretending that they're not. Stop pretending that you've got a back problem and it helps you with your muscles. It's for sex. Sorry. And you and you don't want to have sex in a hot tub. I mean, not anybody else's hot tub. So <laughs> no. no. Right. I just, I'm just thinking if one of our listeners has a hot tub that they enjoy, you know, having oh my sex God, yeah, in. Having a conjugal relations but in your own don't... sex pond. Fine. Right. <laughs> right. Here we go then. So we're getting to the thick of it now. Yeah. The team show up after Syl kills Hollywood from Top Gun by drowning him and thrusting her tail in and out of his mouth. It's like... The worst way to go. You know how I feel about embarrassing deaths. A, a, a boob tentacle going in and out. I always one, knew. Oh, I always knew there was something going on with women's nipples. <laughs> it's so now, upsetting. Now we've got the truth. Not to be this person, but she is a she's a mammal. She's a mammal human woman thing, and she intends to breastfeed. I believe so. A tentacle can't come out of her boob because mm. oh, of it course it can. Of course it can. No, no, no. You off. just. You just put the baby at the end of the tentacle so you can be doing something <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, over you there. You could do jobs, couldn't you? You could do chores because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be over there. Yeah. And you're like, I'll just get the dinner on while you're <laughs> having food. Fine, brilliant. Because oh, they're extendable. All this shagging, all this shagging she's doing or try to do, she's still a child. Yeah. That's disturbing. I, sh I guess, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have we got to the bit where uh, Laura says... <laughs> A fucking squirrel because that's coming up. 
favorite, almost favorite line of Laura's, but we're not there yet. But second favorite. I mean, she delivers it as best she can. Does Mark Helgenberger? She's like, she's not bad. Um, Empath Dan shows up, sees the dead body of a man in a pool, and says. She was here. <laughs> uh, ben Kingsley finally getting up with Dan. Uh, he's like, he's like, he's like, you, you know what, Dan? Give me something I can use. Preston jumps to Dan's defense. Is like, what have you come up with lately, Fitch? It's like, what, what, what's going on there? Why is Preston defending Dan anyway? Still, now hunts them, and she hunts Madsen particularly because she wants him because. In the world of species, Michael Madsen is the perfect man. I find he's kinda, him... He's kind of sexy. No. It's weird. I can't... I can deal with him in... I, I love him as an actor and I can deal with him in everything. And I love this movie because he's so miscast. Like, like he, he can be like a cool sort of badass hunter, but like the romance between him and Laura is like, what is that? Does not work. No. Especially not for her character as well. Makes her look like an idiot. I'm not, I'm not sure about Syl as well. A minute ago, Syl couldn't understand what money was. And now she's an expert at faking her own death. <laughs> like, how smart or stupid is this alien? It's such a weird <laughs> section. Like you, you're with her and she's there. And then you're like, why are you at a petrol station now? Like, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> how are hostage? How she, she ties up her hostage, but I think she, she dresses her as well. Yeah. She's wearing completely different clothes in bed. It's like, what's, what are you up to? And also, it's, I, this, again, this woman is not a threat to her. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think I would like this film and this character more if she wasn't bumping off innocent women. Definitely. Yeah, but she needs this woman... To be a body in her, this is like this is a movie within a movie. If yes. you ask me, this Agreed. is like it's fantastic. She finds an electrical relay station, and she's like, "Oh, the car will explode there." And at that point, they'll definitely have helicopters with missiles on to blow up this poor woman three times. Uh, but we're not there yet because uh, back at the club, the hunting sill, empath Dan watches Laura and Preston flirt outrageously and says. They like each other. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, but Dan actually does do something good. He goes outside to find Syl because he consents her and then lets her get away because what, what does he do apart from say things like, she was here. All he does um, is shout. He's like, that can't have been the plan. They're in the club because she's coming to the club. <laughs> and then he goes, she's here. Is that the plan? <laughs> and also, in the space of 10 minutes, I think we've had the two worst jump scares in film history. The squirrel... <laughs> And then the two homeless people that just appear out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's so bad. Yeah, it's great. Uh, anyway, uh, Syl uses this poor woman uh, and blows her up and then I think leaves her own thumb in the car. I yeah. couldn't really work she out. And that's yeah, she leaves me, her yeah. thumb there. Yeah. So she leaves her thumb and they're all like, and Fitch is like, everything she's burned dead. of her <laughs> apart from one thumb. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing's gone. Just not this thumb. That's weird. Maybe it's an alien thumb because it can resist fire. No, 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 no. It's a lady's thumb. Uh, but Fitch, who didn't know she could punch through glass, is convinced. He's like, yeah, no, she's definitely dead. Let everyone go home. Go home. Uh, and so they have a drink. And Stephen, apparently, I think he has a crush on Laura or he's just really sexually frustrated. And the fact that Preston's going to get someone he's not really pisses him off. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Laura meets Syl in the toilet. And we wonder if we're going to get a repeat of the earlier scene where she's a threat. But no. 
No, they just, they just use each other's perfume. It's just all girls do in the toilet, right, V? Listen, I... I, I can see what you're setting up for me to be like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in all honesty, the ladies' toilet yep. is often a fantastic place L- to be. A lot of camaraderie in there, Al. Yeah, I don't know why you know that. Have I just told you and you believe me? No, sometimes I go. You sneak in? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine. But yeah, I, I've said this a thousand times. There's a weather spoons in Manchester where they just put a sofa in there because people weren't coming out of the toilets and they wanted their customers to be comfortable. So, yeah. It's a real thing. How do you feel about this, though, V? Uh, so Stephen, Alfred Molina and Forrest Whitaker, Dan, they get drunk together. And uh, D- Dan doesn't normally get drunk and he's having a great time. But then suddenly he's not. Now, if you were having a... If you were, if you were Alfred Molina in the scene and you're still having a really good time and your mate was with you and said, I don't feel well, I'm going to bed and I think you should too. How does that, how does that make you feel? Being told because someone else isn't having a good time, you need to end your night and go to bed. No, it doesn't make me angry because someone's saying, you're about to make a twat of yourself. I wish someone would say, I think you should go home, but you don't. So we end up where we end up. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say? I was going to say. I think I said that to you at the end of our last live show. What well, I should go on? When, yeah, when we, when we, you know, when we got to that wedding downstairs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You did, but you, you said too late, is that man. When you, is that when you, that's when you broke a taxi door, didn't you? That wasn't me. Was it? <laughs> you jump out of the moving taxi. No, I fucking did it. Yeah. But someone did, and yeah. it wasn't me. But hell, do you know what? I'm throwing uh, no shade any, because uh, I could have done that. Yes. All anyone heard was you go. Uh, just slow down. I'll do a combat roll. <laughs> slow down. A combat roll onto the ground. <laughs> and I'm you so did. Cool. And yeah. I did so fuck off. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, a weird moment. You don't normally see this in movies, which I actually quite liked. Is where you see uh, Laura go down on her knees to perform oral sex on Preston. That's not. I don't see that a lot in in these sort of romantic sex scenes. It's no. also a bit of a not now love moment. Yeah. Sill <laughs> <laughs> uh, is listening and loving it. Uh, she's getting a little bit sexy herself. And would you believe it? She's in anthropologist Stephen's room who is gagging for it. <laughs> so it's a, a win-win for him and Sill. He a thousand percent deserves to die. What kind of man knowing what he looks like and is like, and he's a, quite a bit older than her, and she walks in and he's like, this kind of thing doesn't normally happen to me. Just a little reality check for you. Unless you've paid for it, that kind of thing doesn't happen to anyone, dickhead. Like, his privilege of like, well, she must just really want to shag me. She doesn't, but she does. But whatever. She does. Fine. She does. But he, the way he just he reacts, he's like, well, this is the kind of thing that happens to other guys, but not me. Gross. Kill him. I like wow. it when he says, what about protection? That's a good little gag. Yeah, it is. It's going to be useless, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's about to happen. No, an alien baby's, uh, an alien baby's about to happen and um, too late. Alfred Molina realises the, the pickle he's in and what a pickle it is, eh? <laughs> uh, so uh, you said at the start, V, that this film was, um, was good because it was kind of like, it was interesting, but it's based in reality. So uh, the reality that we're in now is that of the end of Aliens. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> we're going in to these vast sewer systems <laughs> with flamethrowers. Underneath that hotel. Underneath <laughs> the hotel. <laughs> the foundations aren't solid, people. Have you seen the caverns that are under yeah. here? Yeah, Preston finds an open manhole and says there's no other way she could have gone. She's down there, to which Dan offers 
she's down there brilliant <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's totally the it's the the way they shot this and everything the sound it's it's Dallas in Alien when he's flamethrowing in corridors and then clearing them out before he comes around the corner uh, Fitch is uh, busy calling Dan out now which way did he go uh, she go I don't know you're supposed to have extra sensory power um, and Fitch is like it's too little too late Fitch Dan is a fraud and because Dan hates Fitch he then doesn't follow him and Fitch dies because he's on his own yeah brilliant <laughs> uh, uh so, yeah, I mean, if they brought anything but flamethrowers, it would be great, seeing as she's underwater for this entire section. <laughs> uh, my, another awesome line. Uh, Laura goes, she's through that crack that must have opened during the earthquake. Thanks for that explanation. Yeah, <laughs> that was bugging me. Need to know. <laughs> what earthquake? What earthquake are you referencing? There must not have been an earthquake in this movie. You can't talk about an off-screen earthquake. <laughs> No, I liked it. I thought of all the things that you're going to explain, let's, yeah, let's definitely have that one. Uh, and what do you know, through this crack that's opened up during the earthquake, they find it's not a pool of water because that was rubbish. It's a pool of oil <laughs> and they brought flamethrowers. That's lucky. Yep. Uh, Dan sees an alien baby, but because he's Dan, thinks it could just be a regular baby in this underground cave that was opened up during an earthquake. There's just a regular baby down there that needs help. <laughs> Dan's a fucking idiot. It's like, she's pregnant. She's going to give, but there's a baby here, but it's definitely not the alien baby because it's just lost. Hey, what's your name? Come here, give me a hat. Uh-oh, no, you're an alien baby, obviously. Uh, so everything goes wrong now. Laura just somehow falls in the oil because she's a woman. <laughs> yeah, that is what it is. <laughs> she's done quite well up until now to not make some basic fucking mistakes, but we're nearly at the close, so be realistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, oh, I've, I lost my footing. I can't get out. I'm stuck, uh, the ba- <laughs> Yeah, the baby gets killed and falls in the oil. Brad gets strangled by an alien... Uh, not Brad. Uh, what's his name? Preston gets strangled by an alien breast Tentacle. Uh, she'll get shot into the fire, but she's going to take Dan down with her until Brad shows up with a flamethrower that doubles as a grenade launcher and says, "The weak, a weak line. Let go, you motherfucker. <laughs> I wrote that uh, down as well. I wrote not mm. the most clever or elegant line. Come on, guys. Uh, You've got a lot. You're being paid a lot of money to come up with a line here. Right. If that's just but- not good enough. I think they've given the line to someone else because uh, the stupid ain't quite done yet. Uh, Laura, a molecular biologist, says of Syl, she was half us and half something else. I mean, it's just something else. Which half, which half of her was the predator? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, we just don't know. <laughs> we just still don't know. But is there a tragic side to this when you're watching it, Vicky, that this is just a mother trying to protect her child? Sure, I feel sorry for her at the yeah. end. Yeah. I do. But, but then we get to the rat, rat tentacle, Whatever. alien rat. Rat yeah. eats alien, rat becomes alien. Is that the logic? Yes. Uh, That's the uh, yeah. yeah. Rat Fuck eats it. man, man <laughs> fucks rat. Not, not sure, but be- best bit of the film. <laughs> Women inherit the earth. Yeah. Uh, so three sequels. Species 2 had Madsen, Mark Helgenberger and Henstridge return. Not written by Feldman, not directed by Roger Donaldson, crazed director Peter Medak. He took the helm. I watched it. 
It's awful. <laughs> in a good way? A Nope, in a okay. very, very bad way. Although teenage me did like how much sexier it was, but it's still bad. It's a bad film. Uh, Medak said uh, the film's lack of success was not following on the infected rat story from the original and instead having a story about aliens um, infecting Mars astronauts. Uh, Madsen was a little more concise. He said, Species 2 is a crock of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Then Species 3 and Species The Awakening came along, which were sci-fi channel movies. Uh, I haven't seen. Species 3 is apparently awful, but Species The Awakening, I've heard, is okay. Uh, From from who? From who? (laughs) Your (laughs) mum? From Michael Madsen. Uh, He goes, I watched that movie, it was okay. Uh, Right, so, um, shall we do the bits? Yeah. All right, uh, best scene, Chris. When she tongues the bloke out the back of his head. Delivers. Delivers on the promise of the premise there. Yep, it's good. V? Uh, right, so there's a moment, I've watched it a couple of times because I thought I was wrong, and it's in the sound mix, and when the the gang go to the car park and there's a van full of flamethrowers that's just there before they go into the cave, and Ben Kingsley gets a gun and he makes a noise like this, he goes, Ah! And then I thought, I can't, that can't be right. He can't just be like really up for the kill. So I watched it again and he goes, hur, hur, <laughs> so that's one of my favourite bits. Um, I love it when she just goes, I want a baby. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Uh, but I think the best scene is the train lady bit. When she pops out of her cocoon, I just think that looks good. I like that. Okay, we've all got different ones. Uh, mine is the, the, the mini movie within a movie where Syl plans to make, fake her own death and the horrific killing of the hostage three times by helicopter and everything else. I think it's super dark and super fun. And it's sort of pretty smart in a movie that everything else is really stupid. It actually feels well plotted. Uh, MVWV, most valuable whatever. Special shout out to, first of all, Natasha Henstridge. Obviously, I do think she's doing some incredible work on very little. I said this to you. Imagine the audition process. Someone goes, you, take your top off. No. You, take your top off. No. You, yes. And that's it, basically. (laughs) Another MVW is one of the best lines. I mean, dare to dream, right? I know that we've done this joke a bit, but molecular biologist Laura says to press in the lift when they're going to get Syl, she could have had a dozen babies. She could have laid a thousand eggs. But which is it? Because you're a molecular biologist. So you should know how she's going to reproduce. Brilliant. Love that. She just the way she, she could have had a dozen babies. She could have laid a thousand eggs. She won't have done both. So anyway, I love it. I just love that. But my real answer is Forrest Whitaker. He is fantastic. It's such an oddity that in this world, which is the real world, He's an empath and no one goes, a what? (laughs) They're just like, oh, yeah, of course you are, because those are a thing when they're not. Um, And he has to find his place in all of this, this mad soup of whatever this film is. I think he's amazing. I genuinely think he's amazing. He might need to practice his drunk acting, though. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Um, I'll, I'll jump in now because mine, mine is the opposite of yours, V. It's almost Forrest Whitaker as Dan because he brought me so much joy watching this. But I honestly think Natasha Henstridge is great. Like, And I think she's helped by the fact that she was... This was her literal first screen credit, TV or film. And 
I just think she she convinces as an alien. I and I don't think it's that easy to play that sort of that that role. And you, I I do genuinely feel like I'm watching someone who's she, she, she's really hot. Yeah, but I'll tell you this though. In all seriousness, her acting as an alien, you know that sort of sense of displacement that you're here and you're not quite here and you're scanning and observing and you're trying to be human. Natasha Henstridge is not that much different to Scarlett Johansson, the Scarlett Johansson. Like Natasha Henstridge is brilliant. Like you, I think the performances between the two leads in these two films are very much uh, at the same level. I'm just gonna say it. There's less tits, obviously. Oh no, there isn't less tits. Actually, that's not true. Anyway, carry on. Different tits. Just but different. yeah, so so mine is Natasha Henstridge uh, in her screen debut as Syl. I think she's great. Chris, most valuable, whatever. Yeah, I think it would be sexist to not pick Natasha Henstridge. She's so good in this film. With, mm. with a shout out to Michelle Williams, I think she does a lot with a little. She hasn't got any dialogue. I think she delivers a really sort of touching performance and it's quite powerful when her, she's all, her face and skin are bubbling. I feel her pain. But then, yeah, Natasha Henstridge is just brilliant in this. Uh, right then. Change. What would you change, Chris? Oh, I said it. I wish I hadn't said it about three times. I, I don't mind her killing uh, that woman in the nightclub. I think that makes sense to me from a predatory point of view. But the other women she kills, I think it makes her less sympathetic, which makes the film less interesting to me. And so I would just not have that aspect of her uh, journey. I would um, I would have her only killing men who've wronged her. As I said, I, I get the, 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 the sexual competition in the nightclub. I get that kill. But like the, the, the train conductor who's just checking in on her, not for me. She's a monster. Shh. Shh. All right. What would you change, V? So I want her to be, I want her to be more of a mimic and I want her to be all of the things that she thinks men want. So this is sort of like in Promising Young Woman, whereas like... Um, <clears throat> Uh, she sort of acts like what's what's you know what the men want to see, which at that point is like a very drunk woman. So when she thinks they want her to be cute, she is. Then she kills them. When she thinks she, she they want her to be slutty, she is. Then she kills them. Or if they prefer someone who's shy and that can make them feel like more manly, like they're going to conquer her, then she acts like that. So what that what the way that would work in the film is. The man that has the sex pond hot tub and takes her to hospital, she could sense in whatever way that he's got a saviour complex that like turns him on. So she flings herself in front of the car because that's how she knows she'll get him because she does the thing that she knows men like. Whereas in this film, she, what she knows they like is like her boobs. But I want her to be more intuitive about um, just certain personality things that men like to see and for her to mimic them back at them and then kill them for it. That's really interesting. So I skipped over this um, uh, in my uh, backstory, but while it didn't make it into the film, I do think this is what Dennis Feldman was interesting. I'll read you what his explanation for what Syl was going to be in this script. Uh, she can access humanity's DNA codes to find all the defences of the entire animal kingdom that humans evolved through, including ones that had never developed, plus ones Earth scientists don't know about because they've become extinct. Wow, that sounds Which cool. I think kind of ties into what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't make it into the movie. Uh, my change is that as much as I enjoyed him, Dan is a problem. You <laughs> cannot have an empath who only states the bleeding obvious. <laughs> he needs to have his powers more well-defined <clears throat> early on. And like you said, the fact that no one questions as an empath on the team, all you need to do is have someone go, uh, what, an empath? And then see him do something good. And people go, 
shit. Good <laughs> to have real. you here. Yes. Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even at the start, his introduction where he goes, there's someone at the door and like there's a knock at the door and she's like, she goes to get it and he's like, no, it's for me. <laughs> it's 50-50. Like all that is is a good guess. Yeah, brilliant. Um, all right, no quiz this week because the delay on... Uh, <laughs> Breaking I think, up. I think it's the jet lag that you're experiencing being one hour ahead. So, <laughs> and the beer. And the beer. And the Bruce. So, no, you're all right. Uh, all right, then. Good. So, let's look ahead to next week. And our next listener suggested pairing as we carry on into February, Fanny. Chris has the clue. My clue is practice makes perfect. Cool. Do you want one more time? No. All right. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, that is us done for species. But as I said, in my opinion, at least, it's a very close clash this week. And on Thursday, we are going to be talking under the skin and revealing the winner of this week's anti-Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day clash. Until then, have a great week. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.